Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizers Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking a 12-week health course BioOptimizers offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, BioOptimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity. How to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings. How to select the most powerful supplements for you. How to stay lean and trim without sacrifice. The simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin. And much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to remind you how powerful your words are. I'll also be interviewing Mo Vela. Mo served as a chief financial officer and senior advisor on Hispanic affairs for Vice President Al Gore, as well as served in President Obama's administration as a director of administration and senior advisor in the office of Vice President Joe Biden. Mo also holds the distinction of being the first Hispanic American and gay American to serve twice in a senior executive role in the White House. His story will inspire you and to let each one of you who may have a secret recognize your worth and value. For more information about Mo, please visit visit movella.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. The power of your words. When you were a child, what was spoken over you? Were you encouraged? Were you teased? Were you yelled at? Whatever words were spoken over you often become the childhood templates of who we are today. If you were continually encouraged by your parents, by your teachers, you probably have a pretty high self-esteem. You're pretty confident in many areas. But if you were teased or bullied or made fun of, you'll find that you're insecure in certain areas of your life. We don't realize that everything we say can influence the people around us. Think of your life today. When you're spending time with your friends, what draws you together? Do you find that they compliment you? Do you find that they inspire you to be a better person? When people say you look attractive or when people say you're really smart or you're really successful, that makes you feel pretty good, doesn't it? But what about those times when a random stranger comes up and says something really rude to you, or people are really negative around you? That doesn't make you feel very good. 
But what we don't realize is we are just like those other people at times. What happens if you're that person who's very angry and speaks very negatively towards somebody or really cuts them down? Sometimes it's really difficult because we may have the best comeback ever. But just because we can say something doesn't mean we should say something. I've once heard it said that there's life or death in the power of your tongue. In other words, your words can lift somebody up or they can destroy them. Sometimes people like to be known for their harsh tongue, but the reality is that's not funny and that's not uplifting. It's important for each of us to realize that we're world changers. In every situation we're in, we have the power to influence others, to encourage others, to help them recognize their own worth and their potential. Many times we don't realize what's happening in other people's lives. A simple smile or a compliment or even thanking someone for doing their job goes a long way. I'd really challenge you today, listen to your words, listen to what you say to your peers, to the random strangers around you, listen to your tone. The more people that you can compliment or encourage, the more it changes the environment around you. We often don't realize that we leave a legacy in every situation we're in. When you leave a room, what do people say about you? When we can help people feel better about themselves, it literally changes the world, just like that butterfly effect we've heard of. Let's look at this in a different way. What you say to other people can encourage them or can destroy them. But what about your own thoughts? When you think of it in that respect, what you say in your mind, in other words, your thoughts, can lift you up or can destroy you. Do you find that you tear yourself down a lot? Do you say how ugly you are, how stupid you are, how you'll always be lonely, that no one will ever love you? If you say those things, those thoughts are not true. Whatever was spoken over you as a child does not have to be who you are today. What we believe about ourselves in our thoughts, in other words, our words, that we speak in our mind, determines how far we're going to go. Just like you like to encourage other people around you. Why are you your worst enemy? Why are you so harsh to yourself? I would challenge you today to really listen to your thoughts. Are they encouraging you? Are they uplifting? Or are they tearing you down? If you are your worst enemy, you're repeating those same things that were spoken over you as a child. It's only true if you believe it to be true. If you struggle with changing your thoughts, surround yourself with individuals who can lift you up who can help you, who can remind you of the amazing person you are. Be a world changer today. Be mindful of the power of your words. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. My guest today is Mo Vela, the president and CEO of the Vela Group, LLC, a business development consulting firm with clients in the U.S. and Latin America. Mr. Vela's leadership and counsel have been sought after by some of the country's top political and business leaders. Mr. Vela served as chief financial officer and senior advisor on Hispanic affairs for Vice President Al Gore, as well as served in President Obama's administration as a director of administration and senior advisor in the office of Vice President Joe Biden. Mo also holds the distinction of being the first Hispanic American and gay American to serve twice in a senior executive role in the White House. He's here today to inspire us and to let each of you who may have a secret recognize your worth and value. Welcome to my show, Mo. Thank you, James. It's such a pleasure to be with you. My listeners don't know this, but you and I randomly met. Of course, I don't believe in random coincidences, but we were actually getting on a flight from Palm Beach to go to Atlanta, and we ended up sitting next to each other and just developed a great friendship. So I just love how God, the universe, brings all of us together in such a divine, providential way. 
Well, it was it was a uh, fortuitous. It was my my fortuitous day. I can tell you that. <laughs> Thank you. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed our time together. That was it was organic and it was natural and it was it was authentic. Yes, you know? and you don't see that nowadays. You know, we're just so busy in our own life. But then when people really stop and have a conversation with someone, you realize how much we have in common or how much just the purpose we have in life is just to really to inspire people. But sometimes we just don't take time to really reflect and be present in the moment. It was amazing. It really was. And it started, as you said, such a meaningful and beautiful friendship that's growing so quickly. And I, I'm so, I feel so blessed that you, uh, our, our journeys came together. Oh, likewise, Mo. Thank you so much. I can't wait to talk with you today. So you have a phenomenal book, Little Secret Big Dreams, Pink and Brown in the White House. I just love that title. <laughs> well, I had to throw in a little humor, you know. <laughs> and you have a very infectious laugh. But it's so true. You know, you grew up in very southern Texas, a very Catholic, a kind of old school pioneer family. And... I'm sure there's many stereotypes, many ways in which you were told that you should be and how you should be, and you decided that that was not right for you. Help walk us through some of your origin story. Well, you know, I'm there's a blessing and the curse probably from mm-hmm. coming from a pioneer family, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the Vela family uh, came to South Texas in in the 1840s. And so they were a long time family down here in the southern tip of Texas near the Mexican border. Uh, so, as you mentioned, being Latino, right, with the culture of machismo and then the kind of a really the family had all for many generations lived on a huge ranch uh, and then uh, being raised devoutly Catholic. And then, you know, my father being highly regarded in the community and um, at one point, even an elected official, wow. um, it was it was like I in many instances. I mean, I'm sorry, in many ways, I should say, it felt like all the cards were stacked against me when mm-hmm. I realized at five or six years of age that I was different and yeah. I had a little secret. And that I don't know why, James, but even at five or six, I already innately knew that I couldn't tell anybody. I oh, couldn't. Gosh that I couldn't be that that um, that this was frowned upon and so that created a whole pattern of learning to live with my little secret mm-hmm. and the manifestation of uh, that was uh, tremendous forms of anxiety and uh, you know all kinds of other emotional frustrations and challenges. Yeah, and I'm sure also just incredible loneliness as well to not be able to be authentic. Yes, oh my gosh. Horrible. I want to make sure we make this clear on your show that I didn't write the book as a gay man. Mm -hmm. This is not a book about being gay. This is not a gay book. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, to me, what I experienced could just as easily been experienced by any kid who uh, felt different, Mm -hmm. whether it was the color of their skin, the socioeconomic status of their parents, their immigrant status, their, their body weight, their height, their size, whatever it is that makes somebody feel disenfranchised or different. I wrote this book for them because to me it was about, as you mentioned in your intro, at some point, And I look forward to discussing that with you at some point on my journey, finally realizing that I was worthy. Yes, you are. And that 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 I was unique and that I had a rightful place at the table of life. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. You know, and I really wanted to go into that as well. So as you're growing up and you have your own path that's germinating or being created, how did you find the tenacity to say, you know, I have to be me? You know, I, um, through a lot of trials and tribulations, through a lot of tears, Mm. okay, I think I cried myself to sleep. Uh, And and I'm not even being dramatic with this. It must have been several years that I cried myself to sleep. Um, And it was so painful. And as you said, lonely, because I think a lot of times people forget that loneliness is a very, very, very scary place. Yes. It's a very dark place for most of us. Um, And I think that what happened was I experienced something that, frankly, I hope no child has experienced. But you got to keep in mind that it was 1970, let's see, 19, early 70s, Texas, Mm -hmm. South Texas, Latino, Catholic, Texas ranch mentality. You know, you play football, you play sports, you fish, you hunt. And knowing I had this little secret, I had to... um, I had to adjust, but before that could happen, I had a very traumatic experience um, in that I would experience every day when my mom would drop me off at school, she and my little naive and feeble mind represented security. Mm, that was my sure. security blanket, my comfort. I, I Somehow I innately knew that my mom would never, ever stop loving me and that she would never not be with yeah, me. That's beautiful. And so when she would leave me at school, it was like throwing an island into the middle of an ocean. Because the minute I got out of her car, I knew I was alone again. I was in my little mind, I was the only one like that. And and I couldn't even be that. So mm. it was this very com- complex and confusing time. So uh, when they sought psychi- child psychiatric care, and this is what I want to share with your listeners, because uh, again, it's about being resilient and it's about overcoming and it's about healing. Yes. But that child psychiatrist in that era in Texas um, would not even entertain the thought that this could have anything to do with me being gay. That was absolutely frowned upon. He did. I don't even think he thought, I'm sure at that point he considered it a mental illness if mm-hmm. you were gay. Well, back in the day, yes. Back until 1983, it actually was considered a mental illness. So there you go. It was, you know, in, in his educational experience, it was uh, taboo and it was wrong. Hmm. What he did was um, he diagnosed me with separation anxiety and his, his diagnosis resulted in a cure, if you will, or his, uh, what do you call it, prescription for a cure, was to take me away from my family. What? Yes. (laughs) And I was taken away five hours away to a mental hospital in Austin, Texas, which is about five and a half hours from my home. And he, his theory was that if you take me away from the people that I had separation anxiety with, that I would overcome that and then I would no longer have it. Oh my God, my and heart I was breaks placed, Yes, I was placed in a mental hospital with pe- adults, mind you, and I would look down the hall every morning and see them getting electric shock treatment oh, through goodness. these glass doors. So this is in my fourth grade year of school. And after six months of that, I was sent back home because, quote unquote, I was cured. And what I realized in hindsight in writing my book and reliving that um, I realized that what I came back was was an, as an Academy Award actor. Yes, yeah, I was just going to say that. Yes, exactly. You had to. Why in the world would you not be? 
Exactly. I mean, I came back and I learned to probably compartmentalize, honestly, and to to do probably the most unhealthy thing any human should be ever asked to do, which was shelve your real self, mm-hmm. closet your true soul, put that away, you know, and act as if everything was going to be okay. Wow. And so I went through all that and I share all of that in the book because I just think it's important for your listeners to understand, again, no matter what category, no matter why you are disenfranchised, no matter why you feel lonely or, or unique or out of sorts, if you will, um, that it's going to be okay because at the end of the day, what ended up happening was over time, I contemplated suicide mm-hmm. a few times in my 16, 17, 18-year-old self. Um, and then college began this experience of, again, another setback, same psychiatrist, by the way, Oh goodness! still refusing to acknowledge the truth, but thank God, um, later, um, some, a couple of experiences occurred that finally allowed me to understand that I was a special, unique, loving, caring, generous, and gracious soul, and I had my imperfections, I had my faults, I had my insecurities, my idiosyncrasies, my quirks, but it wasn't because I was gay. Yes. <laughs> what a beautiful reason. Because I was human. Yes, I, exactly. And that's such a beautiful lesson right there is we are all flawed in some ways, but we're all perfect in other ways. You know, as the perfect exactly. person of who we are, as we allow ourselves to be us and just to really fully embrace that the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifference, all of that is what makes up the beautiful humans that we are. Yeah. Yeah. You asked me, I think, uh, and I, I don't want, I didn't want to keep going on and on and on. Sure. I don't want to bore your listeners, but. <laughs> Uh, I, um, I do want to share real quickly the moment there, I've been asked this when I went on my book tour, probably over a hundred times, you know, was there a moment Mm -hmm. where, and there was a moment for me, actually, there was a moment, uh, I think as a gay man having to come to terms with my, my truth, uh, and my soul, um, I still struggled up until at the time where fortuitously and with such an incredible blessing, um, I was asked to be uh, the chief financial officer and senior advisor to Vice President Gore. That's amazing. And I was only yeah. 33 years old. Wow. And I was like a kid in a candy shop, right, entering <laughs> the White House. It was like, there's no way this little chubby, bald, gay Latino from the southern tip of Texas <laughs> is calling this his place of employment. It was like. This wasn't supposed to be this way. Yes. Right? So, so I would walk in. Well, after about six months of being there, um, we had a little, I won't go into all of the details, but I, I go into the details in the book, but we don't have enough time. But just in a nutshell, I was dating a man who was very special to me, who remains extremely special to me, is my very closest friend, and he's family to me. And he happened to be in the United States Navy and was assigned at the National Security Agency at the time that we were dating. And we ended up being together for 13 years, actually. But this was early in our relationship when I started working at the White House. And he got called in by the NSA under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Oh, gosh. And Yes, to be discharged. Oh, my God. And they were going to be a dishonorable discharge because they had been actually looking through our window at our home. Oh, my gosh. And watching us be uh, affectionate with one another. And that, then they called him in and said, we've been watching you. You're gay. 
And so anyway, I'm, uh, the rest of the story is in the book, and it's, it's, it's amazingly emotional. But oh my gosh, the yes. moment that resulted in that moment for me because I, went, I asked to get on the vice president's schedule, and I went over to the West Wing, and I waited outside his office, and I was trembling because it was the greatest honor and privilege of my life and the greatest opportunity I'd ever had to be working at the White House to know now that I needed to go in and resign because I didn't want my personal life to end up in the headlines of the Washington Post and embarrass the vice president. So I had to put him first. So I went in to resign, and Vice President Gore refused to accept my Mm -hmm. resignation. And he looked at me and he said, Tipper and I love you. We affirm you. We honor you and we respect you. And at that moment, James, at that moment in time, it's when I realized if the vice president of the United States can love, respect, honor, and affirm me as a gay man, then so can everybody else. Yes. Wow. That moment in time, I have never looked back. And I, I, he did not accept my resignation. I went on to serve three and a half more years for him. I love the Gores to this day. Mm, They're two of the most special people and special patriots in this country we could have ever had. Um, And that, that just changed my whole trajectory, my whole future. Because I had a little pep in my step after that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I just, I realized that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you. Don't let them have that power over you. We mustn't let anybody else have that power over us. Whether you're short, tall, fat, skinny, wear glasses or not, have an accent or not, are rich or poor, rural or urban, it doesn't matter. Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the fact of the matter is that Nobody has that power over you and you cannot let them. Yes. And that's the thing. That's the key part is many times we don't realize that we can give them that power. You know, so many times we're told certain things and we don't realize we have that power to determine our worth. And unfortunately, so many times our environment can dictate that to us. But when you have just that one person and any of us can change someone's environment by speaking truth into them, by speaking love into them, by affirming them, by giving them Mm -hmm. that choice to say, you are a beautiful, wonderful, amazing person. And I just like... President Gore did, Vice President Gore did. He validated you. He honored you. He respected yeah. you. And what? And it literally changed your life in such a powerful, absolutely. And what a wonderful, powerful message, right, for your listeners. That yes. if every one of us maybe strive for every day of our lives that we have left to maybe try to do that to one person, can you imagine how many more mm. people would be affirmed and feel loved wow. and validated? It'd just yes. be amazing. Now, on the converse side. I don't want your listeners to think that, you know, that it's, I don't want to cloud or in any way uh, omit the converse side, Mm -hmm. which is why I really wrote the book, because I wanted to try to save some kids' lives, because bullying has become a way of life. Yes. And it's become normalized in too many settings and by too many people. And whatever the motive is, whether it's political or physical or, or sexual orientational or whatever it is, or transgender, 
Uh, I don't care what the reason is that somebody's bullying. Words matter. Yes, just do. like we just focused on words in the affirmative matter and how positive words and loving words can truly instantaneously change a person's life. But so can malicious and cruel and hateful and vile words do the opposite. And I was bullied and I wrote this book for those who've ever been told that they were to this or to that or not enough of this or not enough of that. And and I'll tell you, I made it through the bullying, and I don't – honestly, those were the suicidal times where my fellow football players who I had played by their side, and we had won games together, and we had won championships together. And when I quit football to try to inch just a little closer to living my truth, and they stood outside my classrooms in my sophomore and junior year of high school calling me a faggot. Oh, gosh. And calling me a joto in Spanish, which is fag mm-hmm. in Spanish. It could have destroyed me much like that institutionalization in the fourth grade could have destroyed me. I had two times where I could have been destroyed. And there, you know, for those that are religious, that are listening to your show, for those that are spiritual like me, and even for those that are agnostic, but there but for the grace of God or the universe or somebody or some angel or something, I survived. those obstacles and i have to believe frankly that it was because there was a purpose and i have a purpose on this journey yes there's a purpose and a plan for you and frankly i hope it's to keep sharing this story so that we can get more and more people to understand that we are each so beautifully special and unique (laughs) we are every single child out there every single adult Every human, even if we don't understand them, even if we don't agree, even if they're different in some way, they're unique. They're uniquely, perfectly themselves, and that's who they're supposed to be. Beautifully spoken, Movella. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor. I've truly enjoyed this conversation. I know you've inspired so many people. You've given hope to so many of my listeners right now, not only the people who are experiencing perhaps isolation and loneliness, but also helping all of us realize that our words matter. Our words have power. And in that, that's something that we all need to be mindful of, that your words can destroy or can affirm or can build up the people around us. So if my listeners like to find out more information about you or to even purchase this book, Little Secret Big Dreams, Pink and Brown in the White House, where would they find this information online? Well, the Little Secret Big Dreams uh, can be purchased on Amazon.com. All you have to do is type in either Mo Vela, M-O-E, Vela, V-E-L-A, or Little Secret Big Dreams, and that's the place to find that. And on me, you can always email me at mo, M-O-E, at movela.com, M-O-E-V-E-L-A.com, and it's also www.movela.com. Excellent. My listeners, if you're not able to find uh, Mo's book on Amazon, Little Secrets, Big Dreams, Pink and Brown in the White House, simply go to my store at jamesmillerlifeology.com, and I will have the book there as well, and you can just simply click on the link, and it'll take you right to Amazon. And James, let me just, we cannot end without me sending you a virtual hug of congratulations and commendation for the show and the success of your show, but most importantly for your heart and your gracious, gracious spirit. And I hope that you continue to have success with your show. I know that you will. And I look forward to the many years of friendship that we've begun. Thank you so much, Mo. I really, really do appreciate that. I'm very honored by your words. I really did appreciate this conversation. Thank you, James. I send you a beautiful, warm, loving hug. Likewise.
I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.